Blah. Um, yeah. B-Mac, B-Mac, a.k.a. Hot Tub yes, Rob. Hi, t- Hot Tub Rob. <laughs> this guy's awesome, by the way. For anybody who doesn't know, this guy, he called into the show one day, and he just, he told me, he just hangs out in a hot tub, and he watches the show. He's like, yeah, I just like, I like, I like watching the show. I'm in the hot tub. I was like, that's fine. Like, that's great. You know, he just does his thing. You know, he was sitting in the hot tub when he called into the show. Just wanted to say, hey, what's up? I like listening to the show. I'm in the hot tub. He's Hot Tub Rob. He goes by the name BMAC, Hot Tub Rob. And his friend, his best friend, his name is Bob. It was Bob and Rob. It's really Amazing. funny. But um, he says that there was a guy there on Saturday guy. night who had a box of misfit acetates, and he was trying to get Glenn to verify and sign them. You saw this, Robbie. Yep, I saw the vinyl. He, she, he was showing Steve uh, in the lobby, and I was looking at it. Holy crap. And, okay, you were looking at it, too. The yep. guy told us the story of how he got, how they got from the band to him. Be, do you know the story? No, Robbie? I didn't hear. I didn't hear him say that. All I saw was the actual vinyl. B Mac, you got to break this down for us in the comments, buddy. That's Just let us awesome. know what it is. Tell us, tell us the story. What's the chain of, uh, as they say in, in when you're doing forensics or whatever, the the chain of it has to be a clean chain of custody. What is the chain of custody in in this situation? Now. What's interesting about acetates, we haven't talked about this in a very, very long time. Acetates are kind of important because you essentially might be, if you get a hold of an acetate, which only can be played six or seven times, like a very short amount of times because it's not meant to be played. It's meant to be a test, right? And it's usually for like rough mixes. Rough mixes. not, Not, yeah, not final stuff. Like usually you would take it home from the studio and be like, all right, what don't I like about this? What can we change about right. it? It's a test. It's a one-of-a-kind test. One-of-a-kind with a one-of-a-kind mix. So if you have an acetate that still can play and you can digitize it, you might ha- you have this incredibly rare mix of something that nobody else has. Like, you could have something where the vocal is extremely high or there's backing vocals that they decided to take out. Right, right. You know what I mean? Just, just like mind-boggling when you think about it. Here's here's the story. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through this real quick. Ready? Because B Mac is doing. I love this. He's doing it in the comments like all crazy. Ready? Here, he says, "Here it goes." <laughs> there was a hot girl in the area. They gave her a bunch of crap. What? Apparently, she died young. That's really sad. Um, years later, her dad sold them, and this collector said he paid a fortune to go get them. Hold on a second. How did she? I don't understand. How did she get them? How how did she? How how did she get them in the first place? The band just. How could you? Where do you get acetates? How, I mean, that's something that like. Where first? Why would you ever get rid of an acetate? You know what I mean? Well, I'll give you. Here's an example of a, an acetate situation. Two examples. One one you know about if you're a Misfit Central nerd. When Max's Kansas City was hopping and popping. Glenn came to Peter Crowley. Actually, I'm not sure if anybody really knows this story. Glenn came to Peter Crowley, who was the booker at Max's Kansas City, um, someone who I befriended many years ago. I helped him put on some of his Max's Kansas City reunions about, about 10, 11 years ago now. And Glenn came in, Glenn came in and he, I, th- I believe he gave them one of the acetates for Bullet or for Teenagers from Mars or something. And that got put on the Max's Kansas City jukebox. 
I thought that was a CBGB's jukebox. That was a Teenager Static Age uh, single. Pretty sure it was Max's Kansas City. Maybe it was CBGB's. I don't think it was CBGB's, though. It, I think it was. It was the Teenagers from Mars slash Static. And there's a couple. I think there was only five of those, right? Right. And one of them was in. It's. A, I'm telling you, it's a Max's Kansas City jukebox. I'm. I'm yeah. Uh, you could be right. I could be right. Pretty. You know. I think Glenn Pretty had sure. and uh, I know there was a couple collectors who had them, but they're super. I mean, don't get yeah. rid of that. Yeah. So, I, I mean, uh, so you get a you get a hold of of one of these acetates in the example of Tank. Now, for those of you guys who don't know Tank, Tank's actually going to be on the show in a few weeks. We're gonna, we're scheduling something. Uh, Jim, he's a he's a really really good guy someone i've known for many years he's used to be i mean he, this guy the, the only reason why people know what they know about all this stuff is because mark kennedy cataloged his collection when these two guys got together in virginia or whatever um so jim goes way far back he was more in the jerry the jerry camp of things the, right grim auctions right yeah he, he went by the name jonathan grim and he had the grim collection and he's going to be on the show, but he was telling me, he told me the story and maybe he'll tell it again on the air. Who knows? Basically, they were, they were, I forgot where they were. They were trying to open a filing cabinet um, in George, maybe it was in George Germain's house or something. And they opened, or maybe it was at Pro Edge. They open up this, the bottom cabinet and there are all these acetates just chilling there. There's a uh, where Eagles dare. <laughs> there's uh teenagers from mars and jerry being the gregarious generous guy that jerry could be you know depending on who you are you know tanks just and, and and forgive me i might be telling the story wrong it's not my story to tell but like i guess tank was you know tank was doing a lot of chores and favors and hanging around he was you know looked up to these guys they were his heroes he was always helping out and doing stuff and so jerry's like ah <laughs> You know, that gregarious, yeah, for the kids, you know, gives them, gives them the, <laughs> gives it to a man, you know, um, that record, I think was later valued at like 10 grand or something. I don't know. <laughs> Today. Man. I mean, now it's priceless. I mean, you have to think about these collectibles. They're priceless, dude. Like Harley Flanagan, many, many years ago, before he got his whole stabbing thing, I used to correspond with Harley a bit and he was trying to sell his devastate not it wasn't a devastator base it was just a it was a base that was used to record walk among us it was one of jerry's ah. rickenbacker customized bases you've seen pictures of it probably somewhere online he was yeah. trying to sell it he was trying to figure out how much it was worth and i called up t uh, uh jim and i said jim harley flanagan has this base how much is it worth and you know we were he was you know it's so funny to hear jim meticulously pour over the details he's like well he's like it's a it's a model of Rickenbacker that is no longer made. It's customized by the guy in the band, and it was used to record Walk Among Us. So, it's priceless. Oh, <laughs> like, there's oh, no price. Like, you can't put a price on something like that, especially, wait 20 years, when, or 30 years or whatever, you know, knock on wood, when everybody's long gone, and and this stuff is really, you know, as it increases and appreciates as as collectible heirlooms, you know, I mean, look at Johnny Ramone's fucking guitar, man. Million dollar. <laughs> a million dollar guitar. That dude wanted to make a million dollars and retire. And then he like sold his guitar. His guitar sold 20 years after his death. He made a million dollars. Fucking, fucking crazy. 
Yeah, I want to know, like uh, Alberto says, please finish the story. Did Glenn sign the acetates? I'm pretty sure the, the acetate, Glenn had the acetates. Like, oh, he gave it to him and he and Glenn just walked off with it or something? I'm, I'm pretty sure he had them because he had to give it to someone to sign for him. Oh, I'm oh, oh, sure. oh, oh. I'm, from, I'm 95% sure that's what. I'm very curious to know. As a matter of fact, there is a guy who could answer these questions for us. Um, if he's, I don't know if he's still in the chat. Let's see if he is available. Is um is paging Christopher? Christopher, are you there? I'd be very curious to know. Yeah, very, they, they very. Had a, had like a, they had he had him in a like a box of sorts, like a steel kind of like box. Really, that's yeah. crazy. Hold on one second here. Let's see. Let's let's ask this dude real quick. Umberto is in the chat. He says, I actually, oh, yes, Umberto with the fucking solid dude. This is awesome. Umberto says, I actually helped this guy purchase the acetates. The acetates were from Kate in New Jersey. Where she got them is up for debate. She passed away and her husband sold them to Lou in New Jersey. Okay, Umberto. What are the acetates? Dude, Umberto in the fucking clutch, man. When we were, you know, for those of you who don't know, Umberto has one of the most impressive Misfits Samhain Danzig collections out there, really Misfits-centric stuff. And his collection is photographed in the book Scream With Me. It's a wonderful book with incredible, incredible photographs in it featuring Umberto's collection. Oh, he's going to send us pics. He's gonna send us pigs. So what is your what's going through your mind when you're standing there while they're no, picking through I all I thought was how the hell did this guy get them to here and then safely bring it out after because I, I assume he had to have been at the show. It would stash them in I would even be nervous with them in the car. You know what right. I mean? What did you I, say? I, they were in a steel what? They looked like a like in a box, like a little box. Huh. Because, I mean, you wouldn't just carry that around. Or God forbid, you, you know, something happens. Did you see what Glenn, what, what was Glenn's reaction when, when? I didn't see Glenn see it. I didn't, oh, you didn't see Glenn see it. Hmm. That is interesting, man. That is really, really something. I'll tell you what. Hey, it feels like it's been forever. Oh, my God, <laughs> you guys. I'm looking at them right now. I'm looking at them right now. This is fucking insane. All right, hold on. I got... All right, I, there's a little bit of controversy here. Little bit of controversy. I have questions. I am very... This is some seriously nerdy shit. Everybody put on okay. your nerd... Everybody put on your nerd hats uh -oh. for a minute. Oh, God. Uh-oh. It's about to get fucking nerdy as fuck up in here. Hold on. Ready? Let me find Yo. how do I share shit on my screen. Here we go. All right, let's see. Does is this gonna work for my whims or not? Let's see what happens. Boom. There we go. Can you guys see that okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hold on one second. Let me this is not giving me a good layout option. So that's though. the one that says Halloween 3. Exactly. Now, so I have seen these. Three? Bro, I have seen these on eBay. Okay? I have, I I have saw that too. definitely seen these on eBay. This says Halloween 3. And let me tell you something. Um, I always thought I always thought that this was shenanigans. I always thought, how could this be? It says Halloween, Halloween 3. No, it says Halloween 2, Halloween 3. Here, 
There's another picture. Halloween 2 and Halloween 3. Reference disc. What the fuck is Halloween 3? I want I mean it says instrumental, but what which song is it instrumental? So and then and then here's Who Killed Marilyn? Misfits reference disc. Holy crap. So you have Halloween 2, Halloween 3 instrumental, and reference disc. I, I have questions, man. I have I questions. I digitized whoever has it. I, I don't think... Uh, see, I, I've always... So back in the days of of lawless Napsterdom, Halloween 3 was, was always... You'd always see that. That's not a real song. There is no Halloween 3. At least none that anybody is ever aware of. I've never heard anybody confirm... That Halloween three is anything. Yeah. Now I gotta ask him. Now, yeah. Now, now I want to know. You gotta. You gotta ask him. Hold on. Sorry, I'm pulling you guys off this. At thing. the right time, if I want an answer. <laughs> I'm so. I. I, I am I absolutely just call him because he won't tell me. <laughs> it has to be a natural. I have to almost kind of like go. Hey, what's that? By the way, that 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 that. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And he'll tell me. If I ask him, so, deacetate, blah, 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 Halloween 3. I don't know what you're talking about. Alberto says Steve Zing, didn't he confirm once, did never came out. I don't know, man. I don't know. I've I've never known there to be a Halloween 3. What's on the box set is not absolutely everything. So That's right. That yeah, that blows know, my mind. That's though. that's a Caroline Records question because they have that stuff. We know that, Harpies, Harpies was recorded during that session, so yeah. That, that, that blows that blows my mind that there that there was. Wait, you're talking about the cough cool session, Ravi? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Manny confirmed that there's Harpies. He in sure Nitro. did. He sure did. But but and that is completely that is lost to time. You will never see there that doesn't exist. It's gone. I don't believe that though. I don't believe it. It's gone. I takes, takes the takes deteriorate. But the thing is, like, because I mean, I've I've narrated over this before. How uh, on collection two, Len had the cough cool master tapes because even if you go on YouTube, the official uh, listed Manny is the drummer on that cough cool from collection two, but eerie overdubs. So the original, you know, stems from it. The original tapes from it existed. So uh, well, know, as late as eighty six or eighty seven, they existed. Yeah. So, I, but the thing is, I don't think those. I mean, because he handed them to. I mean, I know he didn't probably he didn't hand or everything to Caroline, but they did it even as late as eighty seven. Ten years later, existed. So I can't imagine. You know what I'm saying. Yes, um, Umberto is Umberto is confirming here right now. It's from the pit rehearsal recording session, and it's Queen Wasp is Halloween three. What? So some fucker. It's a, this is a boot, or this is not real. Some 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 motherfucker, like you know, did something where they you know pressed up. I don't think this is real. I, it just can't be real. It's not real. Why? Because because the pit okay so for anybody who doesn't know the pit rehearsal recording was made by Dave Scott of Adrenaline OD who came to a practice and was interviewing the band and had pulled out a tape recorder that recording 
is like the only document of a Misfits rehearsal that's circulated where it shows the band working out songs like Queen Wasp. They play Die, Die, My Darling, yada, yada, yada. I don't know what else is on there. Uh, it's, you know, Googie's in the band at the time. And that tape was, you know, they put that on vinyl and stuff. So I don't think, and I'd love to hear what Umberto has to say, but from what it sounds like, it sounds like it's that's bunk. Dude. Always, it's not they, real. They always say too, though, spot uh, the that rehearsal session was a demo. It's not a demo. It's not it's a demo. A practice. It's just it's a, a practice. practice, dude. It was. I have the whole story that it was recorded. It was recorded with a tape recorder haphazardly yeah. at a rehearsal at Jerry's house. That's it. It's not nothing. It's I know. nothing. I know. Um. I, I just love that. I, but I, it's so funny when people, a lot of people like to confuse demos, you know, yeah, that yeah, everything yeah. is a demo. There's like, no, no, it's not true. None of that stuff is, you know, here, Umberto says it is suspect, which is why he wanted Glenn to confirm them. Did you, Chris, now here's what, when, if those were taken back for Glenn to sign, do you remember seeing Glenn sign these or Glenn reacting to anything that he was signing? He didn't sign shit. Huh. Huh. He was, Glenn was in, I'm done for the day mode. Right. So. Okay. There was no, there was no signing. Okay. And if he did, if he, I'll throw this out. If he did, okay, after the show. Glenn goes up, you know, wherever we're at, he's going to go take a shower. Like, all the guys are going to go shower and put some clothes on. No one else goes up. You know, they're doing their thing. So if he did take them up and sign them, it was before we all went up. Hmm. By the way, just to clarify, BMAC says Collection 2 was 1995. Again, to put, put on our nerd caps for a minute. Although so that, collect- means cough, that means Cough Cool was had they had the tracks for Cough Cool by '95. No, they didn't because they used Erie Vaughn's seven inch for the box set, no, which no, no, came no, no, out. No, 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 not col- that's not on Collection Two. What? Erie Vaughn's copy. Cough. No, but that's oh. what I mean. Is that they didn't have no, Caroline no, had not, no access. Understand. The Collection Two is not yeah. the original rip of Cough Cool. Yeah, but what I'm saying, I know it's 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 overdubbed with Erie. That was when Glenn and Erie were recording stuff. But that dates back to the to the to the eighties. It just didn't come out until nineteen ninety five. So as far as you're concerned, based on what you just said, this is some nerdy shit right now. Based on what you said, that would mean that the last time that those tapes were around was the the mid to late eighties. Yeah, but um. By that time is when, I mean, we don't we we don't consider it digital today, but it was analog digital by that point. Okay. So that means it could have been. So that it might have been on like a DAT or exactly. something. Interesting. Okay. You very, know what I'm saying? Very interesting. It's weird. It's weird to think that he overdubbed drums. Don't you? You never over overdubbing drums no, is a weird no, thing, make, right? I just hope it wasn't the original tracks. It might have been. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's why maybe the box set doesn't have a cleaned up version because all those other songs on the on the box set are cleaned up like but that. That's, but the, that's what I'm trying to tell you is the box set version is from Erie Vaughn's personal vinyl copy. I, I know that, but that's the original version. That's the intent. Right. 
So that means that someone does have the uh, raw takes, the raw tracks. Listen, bottom line, yes, you might be right. The raw tracks might exist in some digital form. Bottom line, if we have... If we have the fact that stuff like Marble Index has surfaced and stuff like that, you have to have faith that somewhere out there, the studio version of Harpies in the Night might still exist. It's just amazing to me that no interviewer has thought to ask Glenn in any kind of interview, in any kind of way, in 30-something years of interviews, dude, were there any other songs recorded during the Cough Cool sessions? And do you know what would... You know what he would say? He would just be like, I don't know. Or no. Yeah, no. <laughs> Alberto's asking, okay, Umberto. Umberto, Alberto wants to know. See how that works? The Al and the mm, <laughs> The Al and the mm. uh, He's He's dying to know if A, how much did this guy pay for these tapes? And B, uh, he wants to know more about this girl, Kate, and who she is. We do she- know that she has <laughs> passed away. Kate has passed away. So she's no longer with us. But if Umberto is out there, could you please uh, verify? Yes, the box set of Cough Cool is from a seven-inch. Yes, we yes. know this. That we were just talking about that. Um, so you know that we these are mysteries. There's always mysteries to be solved and unsolved left unsolved in 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 this realm steve steve is in the steve is in the chat right now he says ask chris about the great dinner glenn took us for um steve do you want to just pop in and just say hello real quick you should if you're if you're here we'd love to ask you some questions steve steve i have a nerdy question for you i'm so sorry it's about to get super fucking nerdy right now putting on our nerd Put on your Sam Hain Misfits Danzig nerdy hat. We want to ask you. We were talking about these acetates earlier, and I someone, knew he was going to go. And no, someone was mentioning about Halloween Three. Is this a song, Steve, or is this bullshit? This is bullshit, or is this no? Real? I, I think what that was that was just a a version that they thought they would put out that was just uh, the instrumental. Yeah, with it with just like. Uh, the chorus, Halloween. That's it. Oh, so it's just it's kind of like what it's kind of like a misery tomb and I am misery. Right. Thank you for solving the mist. The mystery has been solved. <laughs> solved in fucking two seconds. There we go. Bro, you solved it in two seconds. I'm sitting here <laughs> pontificating, dude. You're looking. You're, you're looking too deep. Well, where was he? Forty five minutes ago. <laughs> no, you know what? Steve the other day, Steve's like, hey, he's like, how many times are you going to talk about this stuff? Like, what else can you talk about? I was like, dude, we spent fucking forty five minutes fucking talking, like talking about like fucking ass crack hairs. Like, well, this, this is. Uh, 